I have these friends, Dan and Sheila. I actually they're podcast hosts. Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And we are back for more Cracker Mind Over Murder, which, as I understand it, as we've said before, is the foreign title, so as to differentiate it from much uh, better show, Cracker. <sighs> All right, well, I'll say this. Uh, Cracker Mind Over Murder had its first kind of interesting episode. Yes, and that would be the, yes, I would say that, that would be Hell Hath No Fury. Yep, and I think, and this is the crazy part, like, Cracker had to make a choice and they made the wrong choice, and that was, you. there was two things they could have done, and we're going to talk a lot about that in Tis Pity She's a Whore. Uh, either you had to, like, remake them as multi-part episodes as they originally were, yeah. Or you had to just take the character and the basic premise and do your own stories. Yes, because doing your own stories is better. Oh, 100%. Like, this is the and, best episode. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's a great episode of television. It's the best episode of Cracker, Mind Over Murder I've seen yet. Yeah, and, and it's, no, and it's an adequate upset. It's an adequate episode of television. It, it, it fits in with Criminal mm -hmm. Minds. Oh, yeah. Better than a lot of Criminal Minds oh, 100%. episodes. They did, they did an episode about, didn't they do it? I know that somebody did an episode about stealing babies and selling them. Uh, I don't think Criminal Minds ever did a stealing baby episode. Well, some show we, we You might watched. be thinking of The Inside with that woman who uh, cut a baby out of somebody. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, here's the point. We watched this and it was, uh, how shall I say? It, it was solid. Like, it's a solid episode of Cracker. So uh, let's just jump right into it. A baby has been stolen. When we're talking baby, we're talking newborn baby. And yes. there is some conflict in the, uh, there's some conflict in the, uh, in the profiling because Fitz's statement is only women steal babies. Yes. But they have footage of a man stealing the baby, right? And yes. they have they have footage of a man stealing the baby, and they've got this woman who saw a man get on the bus with the baby. So it's like, and they have the little boy. Yep, and they saw have a horse faced woman. A horse faced woman, right? La Lero. Okay, I can't La do it with my tongue. No, I mean it's that thing. La Lorona. I mean, I can't do it with my tongue. It's the okay. double L sound yeah. that is so common in that kind of Spanish, but I just, I'm not going to pretend I can do it. You ask me to roll an R, sure. Uh, to get that <laughs> double L lilt? No, I can't do it. So, but that's what it is talking about, which is the, the, the woman, the river ghost who drowns babies. Yes. Right. So that's, that's a famous. Who steals babies and drowns yeah, them. Exactly. Uh, famous mythology. Right. So we've got this really confusing situation right? and it is a really confusing situation. And it raises the question, OK, well, who are we supposed to right? Who are we uh, <laughs> like, who are we supposed to believe? We've seen the kidnapper that presents as a man. So we're like, OK, but what's going on with Fitz and what's going on with this? And it's. It goes someplace interesting. I'm not going to say it doesn't go someplace interesting, but here's the weird part about it. Uh, and it's interesting that with the Tim stuff last week, right, we got to talk all about uh, trans erasure. Yeah. Right? And we had no idea that this episode was next. Because this is not about uh, a trans character. It feels like it could be and it should be, but it's not. Because as we go through it, we find out that Lewis, uh, right, was in fact um, just uh, intersex. Yeah. Luis was born with the genitals of both. Yeah. Uh, is intersex, like 1% of the population. Uh, as they always say, there are more people uh, who are intersex than people who have red hair on Earth. <laughs> Which is a true fact. There's very few red-haired people on Earth. 
because only a very small subset of Caucasian people ever have red hair, whereas mm-hmm. anybody from any background can wind up being intersex. Uh, so yeah, little fun fact. But here's the interesting part, and this is what kind of fascinated me most about the episode, is watching these characters, and there's like, I don't want to be mean about this, but watching these characters, like, it never occurs to anybody. And you feel like had the writers of Cracker been writing this, had Jimmy been writing this, he would have thought, hey, uh, Luis's whole thing is that fundamentally in his core, he always knew he was female. Right? Yes. And despite the fact that he was intersex and assigned male at birth, he always knew what he really was. Always. And nobody thinks to ask the sister, hey, uh, should we be calling this person Luis? Is there a preferred name then? Rather than the name assigned by the parents who demanded that Luis be male? Well, the thing is that nobody I'm sure the sister that Luis would have given himself herself a name. Well, yeah, I mean it is ask. it is weird. It's weird that given like in this whole pretty well written intense scene with the sister that yes. never comes up because we find out that Luis has an entirely separate persona. With a, you know, with the hairstyling, with the makeup, with the dress, right? Luis is much more comfortable presenting as a woman. And there's got to be a name that goes with that. But nobody asks and nobody refers to her by it. Yeah, well, it's the it's the issue that nobody asks, and even the sister yeah. talks constantly about Luis and the brother. Now, that's that socialization mm-hmm. because the parents never accepted that uh, Luis was anything but a boy. Yep. Even if the mother did sort of know, but the father just couldn't couldn't do it, yeah. and um, it is uh, very very. Strange. I'm reminded, as I told you, I've been watching Waking the Dead. Yeah. And they had an episode, I don't know, season three or season four. Mm-hmm. The same issue, right? Um, right. But, but this. I mean, this is, there is. They had, had like, there was. There is something very interesting here, right? There, there. I really think there's something very interesting in this episode. And I'll tell you what, what I found very interesting. You tell me your thought. Because I think the show, while it, it doesn't quite come out and say it, the implication is, right, that there is, in like, intense misogyny. I mean, this part is said, that there is intense misogyny in this community, that they had a daughter and they wanted a son. And so when they had the choice, they chose a son and didn't let Luis decide for herself. Right. Right. And then, but the thing is like, she is in obsessing over having a child. She is, uh, how shall I put this? Like, what's the best way to describe this? Um, essentially becoming a tool of her own abuse and oppression because when her sister loses a child and in fact has her baby die in the womb and has to be taken out and it destroys her uterus, then it's like Luis decides the way I'm going to prove myself to my family is I'm going to give my mother a grandchild because my sister can't and then she'll have to accept me as her daughter if I give her a grandchild. And it's this idea that the only use that women have in this culture is having children. And like the only way for Louise to prove that she's a woman to her family is by having a kid. And that's what drives her to abduct this child. And I think that's a really interesting idea. No, and it is, it is, I would say a sensible solution because for her yeah well no yeah you see how she gets there is what i'm saying because she um 
the it was interesting talking to the doctor who wouldn't do the surgery. Yeah. Um, who said yeah, and who from whom we learn mm-hmm. that Luis was born intersexed. Yeah. Um and it is the fact that the society as a whole doesn't want to talk about this at all. They barely tolerate, well, they don't tolerate someone who is gay. Yep. So none of this is ever talked about. Mm-hmm. So Louise has to determine for herself what it means to be female when everybody's treating her as male like it has to be a real mess and i suspect that 20 years later there would be a whole different psychological approach (laughs) um yeah because i'm very much talking about the psychological approach we would have writing this episode but the thing is you say 20 years later that were different but i think jimmy mcgovern would have written this the right way oh yeah well jimmy mcgovern wrote wrote everything the right way yeah it's Jimmy um, McGuffin. Yes. And it had this, but this was, remember that, in, like, I'm trying to think, I go back, right, to the original yeah. uh, Quincy that had the same problem. Mm-hmm. Right? And, you know, Quincy is trying to talk them into accepting yeah. that their child, their intersex child is female that this is not the right choice the father wants desperately wants a boy yep and it's their first child so Mm -hmm. it is not like they couldn't have tried again um but i the sexism of that is what you are seeing 30 years later because that's an episode from the 70s -hmm. and now you're looking at something 30 years later that isn't much different yeah like it was, it was astonishing to me that while we don't see any of the child, we get the story yeah. of the child and how the how the father determined that that he wanted a son and that was all there was to it, mm-hmm. you know. And you have the horrible story of you know Louise trying to cut off yeah. her penis. Yeah, yeah. all you know, yeah. we don't see any. No, of, that of course not. That all horrible. happened when she was incredibly young. Yes, and her and her sister stopping her, mm-hmm. and her sister always treated her like she was a girl, except yep. that the sister is also living in a society that says this is all bizarre and wrong and doesn't understand what intersex means. Yep, and you know, so it <clears throat> it's handling it within the societal context as best it could. I, you know. But I, I just feel like there's a moment missed in well, of course Fitz's there is showdown. For the writers. I, yeah, I'm just saying in Fitz's showdown at the cliffs, right? Of ask of like treating Luis like a person for the first time and asking her, her. how to refer to her. Yeah, I feel like why that's, doesn't Fitz ask why her what her Fitz, real name exactly. is? Yes, that's the moment you need. There's what you want. That's what you need. That's the moment before she kills herself. That's the moment you need. Yes, and that would have been, and and Jimmy McGovern's fits would have asked that question. Yes, that's what I'm getting at. That's what the show is missing. Yes, and that is exactly what the show is missing. Yeah. So it is. um... (sighs) It's frustrating. You see why it was frustrating to me, right? No, I see why it was frustrating to you. I also think that already in the... Because when was this show done? 96, 97, somewhere around there. And it, was it on the same time the original Cracker was on? Yeah, like the last season of Cracker, I think, ended right before this started. Okay, so okay, so I'll, I'll accept that... Um, still, you know, I'm going... What? Uh, no, I'm I'm thinking about our cracker, our our British cracker. No, he would have handled it so much differently because we saw that. Yeah, we saw that with in lemmings yeah. will fly. Lemmings will fly. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, lemmings will fly. Um, so you know, you just 
go, but it had to be ex- an extreme minority position mm-hmm. or understanding. Yeah. But they had it. And that is the only thing that would have been better transferred. But then it's American writers. This yeah. is America. I mean, they're still having problems. I would think that that they would consider almost this to be um, it's even pre-drag. Yeah. Like <laughs> oh, I mean, it was just it was um, I'm just thinking about this this other one that I've just been wa- I've just watched over the last 10 days or yeah. the last week, I guess, and just going, well. You know, but she had all this support mm-hmm. to become, to create being a woman and also, you know, singing and being urged to perform. Right. As female. And it's, when was Victor Victoria out? That came out in 1980, the 80s, I think. In the 80s. Yeah. I think it might have been like 1980, 81. Yeah. It no, it, it's interesting. It's a, like the the sl- but again, I mean, we can go back to if there's no AIDS, right? If there's no AIDS, if the gay liberation movement, if there's no Reagan and no AIDS, and the gay liberation movement gets to keep up its work from the seventies, we would have had so yeah. much more visibility for the trans community by now. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. I worked, I worked with, um, like when I was working at AIDS housing, mm-hmm. I was thinking about that when I was watching the other one. It was funny. It was the other one. And then this one, um, but they had, of course, they were Francophones. Um, one of, one of, they were a couple. Yeah. He was, he was a drag queen. Right. Hmm. But she was trans, okay. but only got part of it. Like the went, you know, part of the surgery done, and that movement, you know, her her movement into being female, yeah, physically, not in her head, not everything else, of course, but physically, right, um, was stopped. I mean, the AIDS crisis weird the things that the AIDS crisis had an impact on and you're right when I think when I think back to I was going to say her name and I'm not going to I mean all these people are now dead of course it was an AIDS crisis center of course all of these people are I mean the thing is had it been happening had you worked there 15 years ago most of those people would still be alive but you worked there in the mid 90s so I uh, yeah I worked there in the early 90s. Yeah, early to mid 90s. And yeah, yeah, that means we didn't have the drugs yet. It's as simple as that. It's horrifying as it is. We just didn't have the drugs yet. And uh, so once it had, once it hit that point, mm-hmm. there was really nothing but stabilization. Yeah. And if you had a man who had children, there were things like blood transfusions that would help for a while. Yeah. You know, just to allow somebody to live long, like the things that were done, yeah, to allow people to live longer. Because so many of these men that I I was dealing with men off the street, but I was also dealing with a lot of men who had been married at one point. Ah, okay, right. Or, or in one case, a man who once the AIDS crisis hit, like once the grid hit. Yeah, decided that he wasn't going to have sex with men anymore, and he was going to get married and have children. Well, he already had the disease, oh, so he God. gave it to his wife, and his, you know, the baby was born with Oof. HIV. And Damn. these were the days where we didn't know yeah. much. Like it, it turns out that, of course, delivering a baby, if the mother has AIDS or HIV. HIV, yeah. I have HIV. Delivering the baby by cesarean section Mm -hmm. um, 
is less means that the baby is less likely, likely to oh, transfer it. Yeah. A large amount to have HIV. Yeah. Because it is the the natural birthing process mm-hmm. that gets the blood into the baby's mouth and eyes and things. Yeah. Whereas if you do it by C-section, you're just uh, you're yeah you're cutting away and the baby is completely protected. Hopefully, or right? for the cut, most part, for the most yes. part, you're not cutting in the baby and you're severing the umbilical cord. Then, so yeah, and it's not getting into the because baby. spoiler alert, the HIV doesn't make it through the placenta. Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't. Uh, the placenta protects a lot of baby from a lot of different diseases. It like really it was does. really inter- it was really interesting, and they started to do that in Australia is the doing C sections. Mm. Um, that was That's fascinating. If I remember correctly, when I'm trying to think of all of the literature I was reading, right the re- the the papers that were being written. Yeah, and because it was. It was so unbelievable because people just thought you had to be gay to get it. And of course, that wasn't true. No, of course not. Um, it's and so. Uh, yeah, I've talked actually about some of the stories, but th- so you're looking at this, right? And going, yes, it's like the world got stunted. Yeah, everything moved backwards. Yeah. in the you know. You know, as Reagan was destroying America, he also went to war with the gay community. Yeah, it wasn't enough to destroy the world's, uh, you know, like the economy, economy and decency and, you know, uh, human kindness. He also had to attack the gay community. Yeah, he's a terrible person, Ronald Reagan, one of America's worst presidents. And that's saying something because America's had a lot of terrible presidents. Yes, but in terms of it's like Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. The two of them were peas in a pod. Oh, absolutely. They were functionally the same person. The only difference is that Margaret Thatcher was so much of an insane, you know, right-wing Chicago school zombie that she said society doesn't exist, which is something that even Reagan wouldn't have said. Oh, yes, but you see. Society doesn't exist. Oh, my God. Oh, my. It it is. Yeah. Well, no, but it's like it's it's these people war with kindness. You remember when uh, Obama said we're going to have a judge that, ha- you know, under a Supreme Court justice that understands empathy. And so the right wing had to go to war with the concept of empathy. Like the right wing in America is suddenly like, no, we're all we're all psychopaths. Like <laughs> Weird flex, bro. But OK. <laughs> and now you got Ron DeSantis. who wants to be Reagan 2.0. You know, just like just this hateful anti-gay bigot who says that, you know, I'll let corporations do whatever they want if you make me president. And that's his the platform he's running on. It's yeah, disgusting anti, and it's despicable. Anti-gay, anti-woman, oh, anti-black, yeah. anti... Oh, yeah, he's he's a scumbag as they come. So, you know, yeah. luckily he has no charisma or ability to speak well. So that that helps a little. But he's got money. Billionaires will give him unlimited money because you oh, know billionaires on. love weak Elon Musk. <laughs> okay, that was pretty. We're recording this. You're watching this a month later, but we're recording this literally a the day week. and a half after he did his disastrous launch on Twitter. His hilariously bad launch on Twitter. We all. We oh, all it was funny. Laughed. It was funny. It was very. It was. Very it funny. was funny. It deserved a real uh, laugh. Like, why is this? Why is this such a disaster? Well, Twitter Spaces, in order to uh, stream well and do giant conversations, had a hundred-person team to, uh, you know, to design and maintain that system. And Elon fired all but two of those people. (laughs) Why do you think there was a problem? Oh, the man's an idiot. But to refocus us back slightly, I mean, but it's the reason we get into this stuff is it is the Americanness of this cracker that hurts it and limits its imagination because how on earth, like right now we understand the concept of dead naming of how important it is to craft your own identity as a trans person. And there was a lack of awareness of that in the past there. I mean, I'm not going to say there wasn't, there was a lack of awareness of that in the past, but like looking at it now, you have to wonder, I mean, we say Jimmy McGovern would have thought of it. We don't know for sure. Like, 
I mean, okay, because it's not like, you know, Tim ever had another name, but, you know, Tim didn't live long enough for that to come up, but there's no way Luis didn't. And so it just seems so insane for us watching this now to ask, how do you sit down to write that scene and not understand that what has to happen is Fitz has to try and connect with Luis by asking her to say her real name? Yeah. By saying, that's not your name, though, is it? That's the name they forced on you. And it hurts every time someone calls you that name. So tell me what your name is. That's, that's the scene. Right? And that's that the scene. might have, that might have saved Luis's yeah, life. life. Maybe. Because we can only call her Luis because, because we, have, we never maybe, find out the name. We could call her Luisa. Maybe. But, <laughs> but you know, uh, but we, we don't could. know. We don't know because Fitz never asked. Well, no, but it's like, if you're writing this episode and you want that ending, you have that be how he connects to get her to turn the baby over. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's like, it's impossible. It's so weird because it's impossible to watch this scene, which is a really good scene otherwise yeah. without saying, I can see exactly what it's missing and it's missing. It cripples how this scene is supposed to play. Yeah. And I think that that, that, this is a good episode. It is. It is a good episode. I think it dealt with the issues quite well, generally speaking, given that it's the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but if you had wanted to make it a really good episode, I'm not saying perfect, yeah, but yeah. close to perfect episode, given the sister, right? Yeah. Because even the sister doesn't turn him in. No. When she knows she's trying to talk him into giving the baby up. Yeah. She doesn't go to the cops because she knows what the cops will do. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, and it, it's only, like it's a real, well, it's only when she has no choice when she gets caught, mm-hmm. you know, like she knows they're going to look into her. And so she tries to manage it as best she can. Honestly, the only really contrived thing in this episode is getting a murder in there. Yes. Like it is completely contrived. The way her neighbor, right, starts, you know, demanding to know why there's a baby yelling in the apartment and he stabs her and she stabs him in the back. I'm like, okay, like that came out of nowhere. Yeah, why did you do that? Well, no, but it's like because they needed there to be a murder in the episode. It's like it's like someone says, no, every episode has to be about a murder. Like, does it, though? This episode didn't have to be. This episode didn't need a murder. Like, that's it's so contrived. The kidnapping and the fact that, like, Luis is self-destructing because her mother's dying. And her mother's dying without her ever ever being able to prove that she's a daughter. Right? That she's, you know, a daughter and a value to her. I mean, it's powerful enough that you didn't need a murder. Uh, and they added a new character this week. Yes, to, to replace... Well, it's the, it's the Beck's partner. No, no, no. Um, they added a character. So there's Beck and now there's a new cop with glasses. Yes. Right? And d- I don't know why he's there. And then I watch the second episode and I find out why he's there. And I think it's a really stupid thing, but we'll talk about it in the next episode. But well, the full next stop is we're about again. to talk about. Yeah. In a second. Uh, but this is, this is a good episode of television. It's a good yeah. episode of television. It's a good episode of the show, right? Uh, right. It's it could have it could have it could have. Yeah. I mean, it would have been an excellent episode if it had avoided the murder yeah. and and it, it had, had that scene at the end. And had the scene at the end of now, giving Louise the chance to identify herself. Yes, and she might go to jail still for the kidnapping. Oh, although, no, no, no. I mean, I think just dramatically, you want her to yeah. jump off the cliff at the end. Like just, I understand the drama of that. Yeah. Of her well, realizing because... she's never going to, it, but it's like having one person see her once, right? And turning over the baby to the person who finally saw her for who she is before she kills herself. That's a really good ending. Yeah. It really is. That is a very good ending to this episode. And the episode almost had it, but by far, this is the best episode. And I got to say the fact that they managed to make a good episode you know, when they're not trying to shoehorn in, uh, you know, everything, right, into that short an amount of time, 
makes me optimistic about what they have to go for with the rest of the show. I mean, yeah, after, after the goes. next episode, after Tissabini. Which is, yeah, oh, okay, well, we'll talk about that now. But yes. Uh, oh, and um, Josh Hartnett shows up briefly. He's playing Mark. Uh, he's back with his girlfriend who lost the baby and dumped him that time and made him depressed. Yes. Uh, and Fitz tries to encourage him to, uh, you know, dump her. dump her because she's no good for him. So there you go. Fitz. Yes. And we can talk about like Fitz. In this, in this, He's this, not real this good. iteration of Fitz is, doesn't, just can't, isn't Robbie Coltrane. No, that, he's not that's Robbie Coltrane. That's the problem. But the thing is, is that you, if he had, well, we'll see after Tis a Pity, She's a Whore. Yeah. Um, after this, it's all original episodes, I think. Yeah, so they might be doing. Well, no, they do Best Boys later, don't they? Oh, I think they do to... best boy. We'll check, you know, we'll check at the end of this episode. But anyway, um, the point is, right? And this is the key part. Next, they do <sighs> what was an incredible, I mean, it's an incredible episode of television, the original. To say I love you is magnificent. Yeah. It's so good. And this isn't. <laughs> I because what you got to remember about to say I love you is it's their first three part episode. This is the first time they did a three part episode, and I it's a mistake. I mean, it was bad enough taking two part episodes and winding them down to one. A three. You never get. You never. I mean, t t the biggest problem I had right, was yeah. okay. It makes absolutely no sense when she starts to compare herself to a dog. It comes out of nowhere <laughs> because. We don't see a dog. I know. There's no Where's dog anywhere in this How did they forget to give the sister her seeing eye dog? Yeah. How did you forget that? And then, therefore, she says, I got replaced by a dog. Yes. You know, so that's why. You, you lost, I mean, okay, so this, the weird part is watching it, it's literally like they took the three scripts and they just like, said, how much can we cut out of this while re having it remain basically coherent? Yeah, <laughs> and I that's think... Because it's literally, I mean, line for line, scene for scene, it is mostly the episode. Like, Fitz happens to be in jail because he was, you know, yelling at his wife's family yeah. from the backyard, or in this case, the front yard, right? Trying to get the attention of his wife, who's at her mother's house, right? So it's like, they do that scene. Right, then they have him in jail and they have him consulting with Sean. Like it's all there, you know. Yeah. But they move so quickly. You never get a chance to know any of these people. You never get a chance to understand anybody. And here's why suddenly the cop with glasses is there. It's because for some insane reason, they don't want Robert Wisdom to be the one who's a dick to Sean. Yeah. He exists only so Robert Wisdom won't have to be the one who's casually cruel to Sean. I'm like, but that's the character's job. To be the cop who's a dick to people. That's what he's been for the past episodes before, as he's, you know, stood in for Jimmy Beck. Right? So, why suddenly are they trying to, like, protect, protect Robert Wisdom's character and have him not do that? Oh, also, the he one thing... He had a better really contract changed. and they liked him? But it's like, but you know, who knows? But I mean, they did also change the framing of one thing. They turned, um, like they removed the bit where Tina, uh, what do you call it? Essentially sets up the cop to be murdered. Yeah. That's not in here anymore. And the cop is like full on there to sexually assault her, basically. Yeah. Like, the cop is more villainous, and she's less villainous. Where it's like, in the original, she only felt, you know, he only felt capable of performing, she only felt aroused when Sean killed for her, so she creates a situation that's going to guarantee that's going to happen by lying to the cop and saying, come over when I, yeah. you know, when my boyfriend's not home, and lures him there to be murdered, where here, like... It just happens. It is a completely spontaneous thing. 
And it was- yeah, it's it plays completely differently and it shades her character completely differently. Well, let me put it this way. Please. It, we 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 are moving and that was my fault. That was my fault because I <laughs> said how come there's no dog? Yeah. Um the problem is right from the beginning and maybe it's a rights thing, maybe they couldn't get the song, but they have him singing a different song. Yep. And it's just not no. It is just not him singing I love you. Yeah. You know, and whereas and I wrote it down I actually wrote it down and now I can't find the piece of paper that I wrote it down on. What song they had changed it to? Yes, the song. Well, what was the song that you watched it later than I did? Oh god, yeah, I'm trying to remember what Today, song it was. Damn it. I can't it was remember what sort song of, it was. But it went off it literally went out of my head because it didn't have the impact that the original did. No, it didn't have the impact of maybe, oh, maybe the character couldn't, didn't have the range to be able to sing <laughs> to How I Love You, you know? Um, but changing it to him being a solo guitar player in bars yeah. is, rather than a guy doing karaoke, I think is also a really bad choice. Yeah. Because being able to convince someone to let you sing in a bar requires an amount of self-confidence that you don't believe Sean could have. Yes, that was that was the problem. It it just doesn't make sense. Whereas in the original, like anyone can write their name in a book and yes, when it's their sing. turn, go up and sing karaoke. Yeah. Like being a performer in a bar and bringing your own equipment and hooking it up to the sound system and at, you know, ensuring that you're allowed to do that by convincing the bar owner that you're a performer. Like, that's that takes effort. It and takes Sean, effort, and Sean just doesn't, you don't believe it, you know? Is that, I mean, is it crazy that I would draw the line there? I don't think so. Well, it is just, it. no, they... they well, it's impossible, you... It was an impossible thing they were trying to do is to take this three arc, three hour, three arc. Yeah. hour arc and turn it into one hour of television and have mm-hmm. it have any impact. Yeah. Now, maybe I don't know. Maybe this was the deal they struck. Right. <laughs> yeah. With with um, the BBC that they maybe. had to do so many uh, originals. But then that would, I would blame the BBC for that, mm. you know, because they could, they could have kept all the Fitz and his wife stuff. Yeah. Because they, they could, could have kept all of that bits and pieces. I mean, it is funny when, you know, he's taking the baby out and what does he do? He goes to the track. To the track. Yeah, it's cute. You know, with the baby. Okay. You yeah, know, and I, I, I laughed. I thought that was not, that was, that was pretty good. That was nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, this is his going to the park. Yeah, this is his going to the park. Goes to the track and his horse loses one more dime. Yep. You know, um, and we do get the mortgage thing against the house. Finally. Yes, finally we get the stuff that's sort of making you begin But even then, it's only, I I don't want to be, say that this isn't this much money, but it's only $1,000. Like, she's right to be upset, but, you know, in the original, it's, it's five grand. He has stolen from the house, you know. Added it it's to the two thousand pounds, right? That's a lot of money in a way that a thousand dollars isn't a lot of money. Well, you yes, know? except both his credit cards are also over a thousand each. Yeah, and That's you true. know, and then his wife has to pay for the groceries. Yep. And I did like the line, yeah, but not the booze. I not know. paying for the booze. <laughs> No, that was really nice. I did enjoy it. But that. he does seem to be paying his child support. Well, there's not really child support. They're not split up. They're not living in the same household. Yeah, but they haven't officially divorced or separated or filed any paperwork. No, but I think he is still paying. Maybe. Child. Like he's, he's... Well, I don't know that he is because Mark is living with him and the baby is living with him a bunch of the time. Like he's spending okay. a lot of time with the baby is spending a lot of time with him and Mark lives there. Yeah. So it's like I don't know that he is paying child support. 
Well, anyway, it doesn't it's something matter. we can we can see is if that comes up later. Like we can't make a determination based on this episode. Uh, but what's interesting when you watch it, right? Because where's the daughter? <laughs> Not on the show. <laughs> Seriously, where is the daughter? That's oh, a really good question. Yeah. Okay. yeah, no, but it's like she's been she's mentioned once while he's yelling from outside the house, but that's it. But it's like the like pulling all of this stuff out of the episode, right? Pulling Fitz going to the press, her trying to, you know, her trying to lure Fitz into getting murdered, him narrowly escaping, them catching her for that, like all of this stuff that's so interesting. But you also cut the best moment. Well, okay, not the best moment. There's a couple of really great moments, but that pivotal moment in the first one where they talk about Bonnie and Clyde and he's written down the part where they die. Yeah. You know, that, that, that scene that just feels like magic to watch. And it's of like him saying that I, I do understand you. You think this is a mystery. You think that you're special. You know, you're not. Like, I, I do understand where you're coming from. This isn't, uh, you know, this isn't a mystery. Right? But you miss all of these key elements. And the original took place over like a month. And this takes place over, I don't know, two days? Yeah, well, they, yeah, never mind. You know, they were it just, it rushes through because the thing is, the first one, it had time for their relationship to develop, is my point. Like, Sean and Tina had the time to gradually become the only thing the other one relied upon. Here, they've known each other 48 hours. And they're madly in love and they're going to die for one another and they're going to, you know, yeah, I mean, it was a, it's a bad choice. If you had to pick episodes to adapt, Yeah, this was a bad choice. But again, if they were willing to make it a two or a three-parter, I'm sure they could have done it, but it's like, you have to cut out all of the meat that made this a great episode. You have to cut out all of the fit stuff. You have to cut out most of the killer's stuff. And as you say, and then you're just making stupid mistakes. Where's the dog? Where's the dog? That if, if they had left out the part where she barks and talks about being like a dog. Yeah. If they had left that out. Okay. That, that was a part that should have been left out. Yeah. But, you know, but if you're going to put that in, the sister has to have a dog. I know. Because she has to have been replaced by a dog. Also, like, it's not treated as a surprise. Like, in the the genius of the way they shot the first one is you'd never know the sister was deaf. Sorry, deaf. Oh, my God. You'd never know the sister was blind in the scene where she comes over to the house in the original. And they do that very pointedly. So it's this reveal later on. The clues are there if you're paying attention. Yeah. But whereas here, it's just 100% clear what's going on right from the start. Well, yes, it's still the thing about what we can say about mind over murder yeah. Is that it is a hell of a lot more expository. That's true. They do they do clearly just lay stuff out for I mean, even in the last much more episode. than the original. That's true. Yes. You know, it just ha- but it has to be because of the time constraints. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you but by losing these key elements of Tina's motivation, like going and seeing and seeing that her sister has a fiance. Yes. You know, because everyone has been able like Turns out she wasn't as it makes it the whole thing of her being replaced by a dog so much more clear because her sister has had to go on and have a full life that she can't have because of the damage that was done to her as a child when you made your child be a caregiver for her two years older sister. And that's not even said. I know. Anywhere in this episode that my parents only had me so they'd have someone to take care of. Yeah. Of my sister. Yeah. It's like, just come out and say, like, you're so thuddingly obvious most of the time. Why are you not saying the most important thing for Tina's character? That her parents are the villains here. Yeah. And I mean, it's... her parents even seem reasonable and nice compared to, you could see oh, her parents God. were not nice. In the original. In the original. It's completely clear. It was completely clear here. Somehow or another, it's all Tina's it's all imagination. So, yeah, exactly. 
Oh my god. But like the and you still get the speech about how like she gradually learns to hate anything beautiful. Because you want things to be boring and you want things to be ugly, so you won't have you know, so for once you'll be off the clock. <laughs> and it's like and it's such a brutal scene in the original. And because we haven't spent the time with Tina, yeah. like it's still a great line. But because we haven't spent this time getting to know Tina and, you know, understanding her desperation, it doesn't hit as hard in this version. And that's what's so frustrating about it. You know, it's like all of this stuff should be hitting like a truck like it did in the original. But the the episode is just sprinting through plot points so quickly that nothing has any time to breathe. Like, they're like, okay, they cut. Okay, all right, the cop's here. They've stabbed the cop. Now the cop's burned in the thing. Now they're in the office talking about the burned cop. Now they're talking about, oh, well, what was the cop's last case? Now they're arresting Tina. Now Tina's parents are there. Now uh, Tina says her sister's going to get murdered. Now he's setting the uh, going to set the sister on fire. It's like, all of the stuff I just said, it seems like I'm crazy racing through it. All of those scenes happen in the course of, like, five minutes. You see, in this the episode. They're because just all, they have, they have nothing to do but race from plot point to plot point. That's all you can do. And this is, the funny thing is, is that this episode, like if you, if you wrote it down plot point by plot point would yeah. have been the starting point for the writing room to create the, <laughs> the, yes, the original like. episode. Okay. Here's the <laughs> basic skeleton of what I want to have happen in the episode. How can we yeah. flesh this out? And then they turn it into three episodes. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, you're right. We're watching the skeleton outline of an episode. Yeah. That's exactly it. I was no, I hadn't thought about it, but I think you're right. Yeah. And that, that may be so the frustrating. Everyone. Well, and it wasn't so bad with the two, but once you get to the three, if yeah. you want to have any punch, yeah, you I don't even know. Yes, they could have had. There are a few little things like the dog <sighs> and change the music. Mm -hmm. Get an actor that can actually sing the song to say, I love you. Yeah. Um... How I love you, you know, uh, rather than the one. I mean, the one that they chose, I thought, well, okay, it wasn't bad. But it's not. But it doesn't have the range or the kick or the power. No, it doesn't. Oh my god. It's it's so frustrating this episode because you remember how like what a statement cuz remember it's only the second episode of Cracker ever and it makes such a statement about what the show is going to be going forward and it's such a good template for all of the future episodes of putting the focus not on Fitz but on the killer and making Fitz, you know, be the color as well. Yeah. It's so well done. And it okay, really well, is very well done. Yeah. Like the original. And this one just doesn't have it. No, it doesn't. The the Hell Hath No Fury was... It's a much better episode. Like the title. No, Hell Hath No Fury is terrible. There's no scorned women in that. No. No, it's it's a terrible title. Well, I think... Book. Okay, I think they were trying to say that Luis was, was a woman scorned all her life. I don't agree with that, but okay. A, 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 I'm talking about what they're trying to do. Yeah, okay. You got a you got a good point there. <laughs> I think that's what they were trying to do. Yeah. But I I am really annoyed that they brought in an extra character to be the bad guy instead of just having Robert Wisdom's character continue being Jimmy Beck. Like, why have they brought in an extra character to be the one who's casually a dick to Sean? Mm -hmm. I think that's a mistake because... Sean into... Yeah. And, right. and to Tina. Well, yeah, and to Tina. But then, you know, the lecherous guy takes Tina off into another yeah. room to proposition her and to offer to help her out. Wink, wink. As in, he's so much worse than the original guy because... It's, it's strange. It's like, are you trying to get us on the side of Tina and... Sean Moore by having this guy be so much worse than the original guy was? Well, that may be what they're trying to do. It, yeah. may, it might actually be what they're trying to do. Yeah. You know, because this guy is constantly going on about how Fitz needs to get a vasectomy. So he can cheat uh, all, uh, you know, all the time without worrying about it. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then this guy then, of course, wears a, wears a, uh, 
How did they find out he had? He's got a condom. condom. It's like as you said, why is a married guy who's got a vasectomy carrying around a condom, condom. which is in the original as well? Yeah. Except here, there he was a more layered character. Here, it's his only personality trait is that he's constantly screwing around on his wife. Oh, and we forgot to mention in the previous episode, uh, they they mentioned Jane's abortion. Mm -hmm. Uh, That did come up in the previous episode, and it's a perfectly good scene, and it's her really only scene in both episodes. Mm -hmm. And I think part of the problem is adding this extra cop, right? In addition to Robert Wisdom, means she's got nothing to do. Well, the cop's dead now, so... No, no, not not the dead cop, the the fat cop with glasses. Oh, the fat cop with glasses. That's what I'm saying. Adding him as a third cop leaves Detective Hannah Tyler with nothing to do. Because now you've got him reading all, like... Because it used to be, okay, well, even if they're not going to give Hannah a lot to do, she's got the standard cop lines. But now the extra fat cop is getting the standard cop lines. Well, we'll see what happens next time. I guess. It's just, I don't know why he's there. You've got Robert Wisdom to be Jimmy Beck. You've got, uh, I mean, they don't really have a Baneborough, but I mean, Fry is the equivalent of Baneborough, except they're not able to do, he's too old to have the kind of not sure of himself and always having to try to prove that he deserves the position, right? That mm-hmm. Baneborough had. Right, that he has to be extra strict. Like he can, he can listen to people because they're his contemporaries. But he has to be extra strict to prove he can be in charge. Like there's a lot going on with him. Whereas having Arlie Ernie there, it's just okay. He's just a generic lieutenant. But I don't know why this other cop is there. Like all he's doing is stealing focus from uh, what should be Hannah, uh, Hannah and Danny, which is the character Robert Wisdom is playing. Like you've got this third cop there. For no reason. And I know he's been there the whole time, but this is the first time where he feels like he's horning in on stuff that the main characters should be doing. Yeah, it's it's very frustrating to me. But we'll see well, where it goes. Yeah. See how it goes. Yeah, we'll see where it goes, okay? We'll see where and it goes. And then we can from. make comments about... Yeah, and we uh, Yeah, later on. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Very weird. All right. Uh, so, yeah, like you have. Oh, and by the way, I'm just going to check the episodes now to see which ones, because obviously they didn't adapt any other three parters. They didn't do To Be a Somebody. They didn't do Men Should Weep. They sure as hell didn't do Brotherly Love because they're not insane. Uh, no, I think the only other one they adapt is Best Boys. Okay. Yeah, the only other one they adapt is Best Boys. Although they do have two more two-parters. Which is well, weird. Well, Interesting, right? They have two more two-parters, but they don't uh they don't do any more uh they don't do any more adaptations as two-parters. So there you go. All right, so next week uh we have Sons and Lovers and then Talk to Me. Uh, so that should be fun. And then after that, we're going to be back into the world of two parters. Exciting, right? Not exciting? Okay. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we both leave it till the last minute <laughs> to watch it before we're going to do our podcast. I know, right? It's terrible. Uh, but anyway, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling related fiction you'd like us to check out, drop us on at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you are listening to this on an app or podcatcher, please rate and review it. That's how people find out about the show. We'll see you back here next week for those two episodes of Cracker Mind Over Murder. But until then, I'll say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good week. 